Hello and welcome to the Revive Church podcast. It is so good to have you join us today. At Revive Church, we want to help people find life and purpose through Jesus Christ. And we really hope this message helps you do that. Whether you are listening to this at gym, in the car, or maybe you're just at home, we hope this message inspires and encourages your walk with God. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Church Online today. It is so good to see you. My name is Phil. I'm a pastor here at Revive Church and it is an exciting day in the life of our church. We are launching as Revive Church. So the service that you'll be seeing today is our launch into the community. We're so excited about it and we're so glad that you could join us online today. Uh, just a massive word of welcome to you. We trust that you uh, really enjoy the experience with us. Uh, we wanna give everybody a chance to take a step or even find out more about our church, we have just launched our brand new website, which is www.revivechurch.co.za. If you are looking to find any information about our church, you're looking to find out more, some of the things that we believe, our leadership structure, please feel free to head over to the website. Uh, what we're very excited about as a church for our online community and our in-person community, if you are looking for details about our in-person services happening on a Sunday, those are also on the website, but what we're very excited about is our DNA course that will be launching in the beginning of October. Now, DNA is amazing. It's the place where you can discover our church, find out everything you need to know, why we do what we do, say what we say, the beliefs that we have. If you are looking to do our DNA course and become a member of our church, again, that is available to you on the website. So we're going to go into our service today, but I actually want to encourage you uh, before you head off um, today and carry on with your day, head over to the Revive Church website, find out more and find out everything there is to know about our church and register for DNA if you're looking to become a member. Well, hey, we're going to get into the service now. We really hope that you enjoy it. We trust it's going to be an encouraging experience for you. And hey, welcome to Revive Church. We are so expectant and excited for what God is going to be doing through our church so that people can find life and purpose through a relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the service. Thank you, thank you. Welcome everybody to church today. Good to see you. That's like that awkward clap. Like, it's like, thank you for that. Um, so this is not how I wanted to get to the launch of our church in crutches, but uh, who knows? Who knows what might happen today? Huh? Um, just throw them aside. And Alistair, it's so good to see you. Welcome. Um, Alistair's been a longtime member and elder of View Church, and so he's here to celebrate with us today. And so thank you, Alistair. It's good to see you. And uh, are you guys excited for, for what's going to happen today? Yeah. Excited to be in church today? Okay, this is going to go way better if, uh, if we help one another out. So I'm, I'm not going to sit all the time, but I'm going to sit for a while because what I ended up doing is a week ago playing football, and I'm told that at my tender young age that that's no longer an option. Um, I'm just saying I kept up with a guy almost half my age, and then my body said that's as far as we're going. And uh, I tore the, uh, the medial meniscus in my right knee, um, but it's okay because it's recovering, and my wife has been an amazing support, and uh, it's, it's going to be good. So, But today, uh, I hope you are ready, and uh, what we always want to do is if you hear somebody around you clap or say amen please don't let them do it alone right hey friends don't let friends do things alone we do it together because we're in it together we're building something together for the glory of God and so um, it's going to be you guys ready yeah. 
Awesome. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your, uh, for your grace. Thank you that uh, we're here in this moment and we're only here because of you. And so, God, I pray that today as your word is shared, I pray that it would find its way into our hearts to produce something um, righteous in our life, that it would continue to keep on going, God, that we would reap a harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good, good, good. So we are here at Revive Church. And um, for people who have been, for you guys who have been in our church for a while, you know that we've had a sort of mini launch already and got everything ready. And for the community and people that we're inviting into the house today uh, and across all of our services, what an amazing opportunity it is that we've got to launch and to be available for you. I've heard, I don't know if we're, we're, if we're on it or not, but um, are there, I think there's ice cream sandwiches. There is ice cream sandwiches, okay? And uh, so if you are new and um, if you brought somebody with you today, please, when you go to the coffee machine to grab your, your uh, beautiful juice from the bean, right, then just you're going to get a, a, a free ice cream sandwich. It's been sponsored to us, and so we're grateful to everybody who's been a part of that journey. Um, and so today... Uh, Revive Church, we are here, and as Phil shared that, that um, scripture, that's the heartbeat of our church, that wherever we go, we want to bring life. We don't just want to be here for the sake of being here. What we want to do is make a difference. What we want to do is turn dead things to living things. We want there to be an abundance, an overflow. We, we, our hope is that there would be revival in our city, in our day, and that we want to help people find life and purpose through Jesus. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. And so uh, that's our heartbeat. And it's not just for Sunday. That's not Okay, we're, that's what we're believing God for a Sunday. No, that's what we're believing God for every day. Because every day you guys are going to work. You're going to the gym. Amen. You're going to uh, your, your places of like connection. And wherever you go, as you carry the Spirit of God with you, you carry life, trans transformation life, resurrection life. You bring the love and the grace of Jesus everywhere that you go. Not to be a megaphone, but to be the words of Jesus in flesh for people to see. Amen. And so um, we're celebrating today. And we're so excited. Uh, my birthday is tomorrow. And so from, from this day forward, every year, Revive Church will have a birthday near my birthday. And so was it planned that way? Maybe. Did I bring that up so that you could like send all sorts of good wishes on all the social media platforms? Maybe. Um, but no, that's, uh, that's just. <laughs> um, and so my message today is really titled Finding Life. Finding Life. And I don't know, I watched this movie recently with my family. I'm going to stand for a while. I watched this movie recently. Uh, we took, it was, I think it was Friday afternoon, this week or last week. I can't remember. I've been on so many pain meds. Um, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so we were, we were watching a, a, an old movie called Tintin. Anybody watch Tintin? Anybody know Tintin? Or Teen Teen, right? And um, what's it, Thompson and Thompson? That's so funny. Thompson, if I was in that movie, 
I would be Thompson, okay, the funny Thompson. But uh, in Thompson, Thompson, and uh, then there's the, the incredible sea captain, and he's completely a drunk and delirious, but he adds character to the movie. But Tintin, and they're, 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 they're on this adventure, and um, what happens is the sea captain and Tintin, they crash in the desert. And when they're in the desert, the sea captain no longer has access to whiskey. And he begins to sober up in the desert sun. And, and he's wearing, I love, I love these old movies, right? Because every time someone's walking in the sun, they've got like a handkerchief that's like weirdly cornered on their hat, like it's a hat. It must work, obviously. And so he's, he's going and he's, all of a sudden, he's like seeing these weird visions of this, like this boat coming onto the, onto the, the desert. And, and Tinson's like, no, you're seeing a mirage. It's like, it's not real. And he's like, and, and afterwards he's like, oh, you're just sobering up. <laughs> this is what happens when you but but what happens if you're caught up in a desert oftentimes people see they see mirages they see an oasis now an oasis can be in the desert where there's there's life there's some greenery there's some fresh water for drinking but often because of the heat of the sun what you think you see is not actually what you see and what you think you see is you think you see an escape. You think you see something that you've been looking for for so long because you've been wandering around in the desert. You're sweating. You're thirsty. You haven't eaten. And, and, and now you're just getting delirious with the heat of the waves and uh, the, the heat waves that are coming off the, the sand dunes. And you see this oasis and you run to it. And in these movies, oftentimes you see people, they start eating the sand because they think it's, it's water or it's food. And what has the appearance of life is actually not life. We're looking for life in a weary place, in a dry, in a dry place, in a place where we're lacking. But we think we, that's what we want, but it's actually not real. And so I want to share with you today from a passage in Luke chapter 15, um, where we see a wayward son running after things that he, he thinks he wants. He thinks he needs. It's something that he desires, but ultimately leaves him in a worse condition and a worse place. And so in Luke chapter 15, I'm going to be reading from uh, verse 11 through to 24. And, and then I've got five points for us to leave with today. So here's God's word. It says, uh, there was a man, this is Jesus teaching a parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Just a quick caveat. There's the fact that he's saying, divide your estate. He's saying, could you give me my inheritance? You're not dead, but I want my inheritance. So actually what he's saying to his father is saying, I, I kind of wish you were dead because then I could get my money. I've been waiting for, I wonder how old this guy was. Can you imagine how old the dad was? I wonder if he's like, is he gonna kick the bucket anytime? He keeps on surviving. It's time for me to live the life I've always wanted to live. So he says to his dad, listen, I want my share of the inheritance. So what his dad actually has to do is he has to sell off parts of his property, sell off parts of his cattle or his livestock possibly, or maybe he has to dip into the family savings account in order to give the son one third of this estate. Okay, thank you. I hope my son never has that conversation with me. Hey, mention that. Uh, could you die so I can get money? Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had 
and he set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him, on his, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Just a pause there again. Like it, once he got all that he wanted, you can see the motive of the son was that he wanted to live his way. He, he didn't want to live his father's way, even though in his father's house, there was all sorts of provision. There was blessing. Everything that he needed was met in his father's house. But maybe he wasn't as excited in his father's house because maybe the dad was like, yeah, you need to live a certain way. Or you need to live um, as if you're a family member here. But the son wanted something else. The son wanted to, to live the big life. He thought he had a desire and he went after that desire. And it says that he spent all that he had on wild living. I, I have this firm belief, easy come, easy go. Why is it that people who win lotteries lose their money so quickly? Because they don't have the character to sustain what they've just received. And so this guy has just gone all out on wild living. No criticism, no condemnation there. But isn't it interesting that in that moment where he spent everything on friends that he would never really have, there was this external event that happens, a famine comes along. An external event that seems to highlight and expose and put pressure on. And that's what happens to, to us a lot of the time. When we're living so close to the line, all we need is one big event to push us over the line and we're at our wit's end. Am I right? Not only that, but this guy is a Jewish man and now he's feeding pigs. Pigs are disgusting to Jewish people. It is forbidden in, in the Torah. Like they, they couldn't get near to pigs. They couldn't eat pigs, but the, just being around them was disgusting for them. So now he's gone and hired himself out to someone who's not Jewish. And now he's gotten so desperate that he's now working in a pig farm. Not only is he so desperate that he's working in a pig farm, he wants to eat the food the pigs are eating. Like you couldn't get lower than where this guy is at, at this point in time in the scriptures. In verse 17, it says, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So, that, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. What I love is that while, while he's getting his argument ready, while he's getting all of the excuses ready, all of the apologies ready, he's pulling his list out of his pocket and he's going to now go through it, the father's already like not even listening to him. He's re restoring him. I love that. I just love that about this passage. And while the father's completely ignoring the excuses of his son and the confession of his son, 
He says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I love about the father is that he doesn't go, you know how much you cost me? Hey, do you know how much I put into your education? Now you want to become a musician? <laughs> what are you doing? Right? He, he, he doesn't say, he doesn't expect the son to grovel. He doesn't remind the son of any bad thing that he has done. What he does is restore and celebrate because his heart never left his son. His desire was to celebrate over him, was to have him in his house, to have him with his heart and I, I, what I believe is that his son, he, re, he truly received his son back that day. I can identify with this passage. I can identify with the son in Luke chapter 15. Because the son, he went after what he thinks he really wanted. And what he re, thinks he really wanted took him away from the father. I identify with the son because I went through a season in my life where I just said to God, God, I know that you are real. Have you ever done this, God? I know that you're real. I know that you're alive. I know that you're there, but I have another plan. I have another agenda and it's to do things my way. I've done, I did that. I did that and I, it, it led me to this place of, of it was nothing was no crazy sin, but yes, I got drunk more than I wanted to get drunk. I, I ran away from important relationships in my life. I ran away from relationships in the church that were actually there to restore me. And it's amazing when you live that way, you don't want the church to follow up on you because you want to sin in darkness. You, want, you already have a guilty conscience. You don't need anybody else to love you through your guilt. And I remember getting to the point where the son goes, I've come to my senses. Because you see, I was chasing what I think I wanted. Different kinds of relationships, a different style of living. Wanted to do things my way. And it actually led me to a point of real desperation and need in my relationship with God. And I, I remember going for a walk on the beach one day and just bursting out in tears because I knew that God's plan for my life and His goodness for my life wasn't where I currently was living. And that I knew that God would take me back, but I felt so unworthy. I, I felt like, God, let me rather be a hired servant. Let me just, let me, you know, please, just, 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 would you take me back and I'll do whatever it takes. I never expected to be a son. And God's word over me was always that I'm his child, I'm loved. And that forgiveness, it, honestly, it broke me. And it was an incredible moment in my life. I relate. I am the, the kid in this prodigal story. Maybe some of us can identify with the other brother here or with the dad. I don't know. But, but for me, I'm this guy. And I want to share five things for us today that I think will help us to find life in the right places. Because there are things that seem good, they seem like life, but in the end actually lead to death. And those are the five things I want to share with you. Number one is this, living our own way takes us away from God. 
Living our own way takes us away from God. You know, we have this concept and this idea that if we know what's best for us, hey, don't, <laughs> don't, tell, me, don't, don't tell me what you, what you think. I, like, I, I, I'll listen to you, but I'm going to do it my way anyway. Anybody else like that? I get these people who want to like give me all sorts of plans and strategies. And I'm like, I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Forgive me. God's working in my life. But I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, cool. And then do the absolute opposite because I don't want to be controlled. I, I, that's how I, that's, it's, God's working with me. Okay, I'm a work in progress. But God actually has good things in store for us. God has got good plans for us. The plan of the father for the son is that the son would inherit a third of his estate, but that he would live in the security, the comfort, the blessing of being in the father's house, but not just being in the father's house, but being in the father's heart, being close to the father. His desire for his son was only good things. I I picture that he had a really godly, good-looking woman lined up for the son. As a good dad, like it was going to be a healthy marriage. He was already setting up a giant nest egg. You know, he, he, was, he was setting the son up for victory. He had a good future, a good plan that it would continue. But you see, the father's plan and the son's plan weren't aligned because the son wanted it now and he wanted it his way. But as soon as he went his way, he went away from the father's way for his life. God's got a good plan for our lives, a plan to prosper us and not to harm us, a plan to lead us into eternal life, a plan to be with us, a plan to bless us, a plan to heal all the hurts, to wipe away every tear. But you see, what we think we want is we want that now and we know how to get it. We want it now. We want control. We want to decide what our destiny is all about. And so what do we do? We live for power. We live for significance. We live for fame. We live for relationships. We live for money because of all the things that money can get us. Now, all of those things can be good things when they're in their proper place, but they're terrible masters. They make great servants, but terrible masters. And we pursue those things, but as soon as we pursue those things, we are drawn away from the Father. Because the byproduct of being with God is being in the presence of God. The byproduct of the presence of God is blessing. The byproduct of the, of the presence of God is peace and joy. All the things we really want, we find in the Father's presence. And I'm just talking today to people, to us, to me, who are all about going after what we really want, outside of what God wants for us first. And some of you maybe think that God's only got bad things for you. You've tried, to, you've tried to lean into a relationship with God, but you've gotten hurt. People in the church have disappointed you. Maybe relationships have disappointed you. Maybe you've believed God for something. And as soon as you believed him for something, it didn't, it didn't work out the way you expected. And so you pulled back and it was hurt. And so you decided that you're going to be the, the author of your destiny. But living our own way takes us away from God. The second point is this. Distance from life brings death. Distance from life brings death. All the source of the son's blessing and enjoyment of life all came from being in the father's presence. Did you, did you know that? 
Yeah, he had to work hard, but he was working for his future estate. He was working for future promises. But everything that he was working for was bringing great fruit in his life. But now that he left the security of the father's house, he just squandered everything he had. He threw it away in wild living, trying to impress friends that he doesn't really have. Thinking about their opinion. But at the end of the day, their opinion means nothing to them because when he was in need, they all abandoned him. And so as soon as he gets distanced from the father, he lost his mind. And he squandered all of his, all of his inheritance, he squandered in wild living. And he ended up starving in a pigsty. You know, there's a scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus says this. He says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, being Jesus, have come to bring you abundant life. You see, as soon as we walk away from the Father, what begins to happen is we begin to open up our life to every destructive pattern that the enemy wants to bring into our world. The enemy, is, the enemy doesn't like you. He's not your friend. Yes, I mean the devil. He's not a cartoon character. He's real. And his plan for your life is to lead you to the lowest point of your life where you would be willing to do anything, even take your own life. You'd be willing to be surrender your life to depression and anxiety, surrender your life to this incredible need. And the point of the story is not that you lose all your wealth and riches in walking away from God. Sometimes the enemy lets you keep it because that's a faster way of destroying your life. It's not about poverty, it's about lostness. That when we leave the Father's house, we think we know where we're going, but it's like a mirage in the desert. We're aiming for it. But when we get there, we've spent all we have and it's just sand. We get to the end of that and go, oh, this is not actually where I wanted to be. This is not what I wanted to do. I thought my life would look so differently now. The enemy has got a plan and a purpose for your life and it's not a good one. It's one to rob you of every good relationship that you have to rob you of peace, to rob you of joy, to fill you with anxiety, because who knows, you're going to do stupid things in that place. But the plan of Jesus is to bring you an abundant life. What I love about the life that Jesus wants to bring, it's a full, it's exuberant, it's joyful, it can't be contained. It's a life that is so full, it's so blessed, it's so healthy in your relationships and in your, in your day-to-day life. Jesus is not coming to give you vanilla life. He's coming to give you chocolate with chocolate chips and sprinkles and syrup on the side and on top of waffles even. Amen. Amen. Now what I'm not saying is, oh, okay, cool. Everything's going to look shiny in my life. No, when you have life, it's inside life that overflows that there is rivers of living water that flows out of you. You can go through bad seasons and still be alive. Or you can go through great seasons and be dying on the inside. Which one is life? The third point is this. Repentance returns us. Repentance returns us. What I love about this passage is that the son goes, How low has my life become? I am feeding pigs hoping that I can eat their food. 
I wonder if every now and then he, he, he looked left, he looked right. He licked the pig and ate a pod. Dieting tip 101, right? Smell the muffin, bite the apple. Right? The apple McMuffin. Anyway. But it says he came to his senses and he realized what he had lost. He realized the goodness of his father's house. That even the servants were treated better during famine than what he was experiencing right now in a foreign land. He had this revelation and revelation really means that the, the, the curtains have been drawn and I'm seeing something new. I'm seeing something I've not seen before because the curtains of my mind have been opened. I've gone, I am actually in need. I am lost. And I want to return to my father's house, even as a servant, if that's all, it, all I can get. Because even servants get treated better than this. I know this. I, I know what it's like. I've, I've gone for this walk on the beach, pouring my heart out before God. And God, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed, God. But Father, I'm so, I, I just want you. That's what revelation looks like. That's what repentance looks like. Say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. And it takes a lot to say I'm sorry for my sin. Because if we're still proud that we're running after our, running our own race and we're going to do it our way, we don't want to repent. It's because we're not in a place ready to receive a revelation. But my prayer for you today is that maybe you're in that place and you are. No, I'm I don't have to. I'm not doing anything. I'm praying that God will soften your heart just to see with new eyes the environment that you're in. Because life is awaiting you. You're always invited to return to life. And some people who, who, who aren't Christians and criticize Christianity and criticize the ways of Jesus, they might say, oh man, Christianity is just a crutch. Can I tell you, I'm pretty thankful for crutches right now. Because <laughs> without crutches, I'm not going very far. Don't tell my wife. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my leg. Could you get me water? <laughs> but honestly, without crutches, I, I, my, my knee would not recover as well. I would be in constant pain. And sometimes what you need for a broken soul is crutches. But that's only until you get healed. See, the ways of Jesus is more than a crutch. It's everlasting life. And if I need to walk on crutches to get to everlasting life, I will walk with crutches to get to everlasting life. I don't have to be perfect, but I want to head towards Jesus. And so Christianity is not the crutch. It's an easy out. <laughs> this is a hard way to live. But at the end of the day, life is at the end of it. It's not that I can earn. He doesn't go back and say, Father, here's all the money that I wasted. It's all yours. Now, when he went back to his father, he had nothing. Whenever we come to God, we actually have nothing. We can't say, God, look at the way I've lived. Look at how disciplined I've been. Look, look, I am the, I am the shiniest Christian. I haven't got the Christian character badge. <laughs> we can't offer that to God because we all fall short of the glory of God and are in desperate need of forgiveness for our sin. The fourth one is this. God's love covers you. 
God's love covers you. I'm just going to read in, uh, I think it's Psalm 103, verse 13, quickly, just to show you the Father's heart. It says, as a, fa- as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Do you know what's so amazing about this passage? Is that the son is walking back home, but the father has been looking out for his son the whole time. And the son is still far away. He's this little bit little ant on the horizon. And his father recognizes him and starts running towards him. Now, in those days, men would wear, it would be like a, a, a tunic or a dress, so to speak. So he, he picked up his dress, which generally is determined to be like not done. But in certain cases, it is okay. He picks up his skirt, which, guys, should we bring that back? Picks it up and runs to his son. And you know what his son, do you think the son took a shower? Do you, think, do you think he went for a little bit of a spa treatment before coming back home? Do you think he dealt with the pig smell? Do you think maybe that, that, that he was so well, he had all the like essential oils? He, he shampooed his hair? No, his son came home disheveled, big messy beard, smelling like pigs, mud stains on his clothing, torn up because he didn't have money to repair it. Hungry, you probably look like a bit of a skeleton, actually, because he hadn't been eating. If you're desiring to eat the food of pigs, you're not in good shape. He didn't have money for spa treatment. And he was walking back to, and his dad, I love it how, the, how it says his father falls on his neck. It means his father fully embraced him. Smells and all. Listen, I love you, but if you stink, take a bath. But his son, just, his father just falls on him, hugs him, kisses him, rejoices over him. Doesn't even have time to hear about all the sorry and then this and the that. Loves him completely. And then he covers him with a clean robe. So that the way he walks into the house is actually covered of all of his stink, his shame, and all that he's lost. And he is reminded, and he reminds all the people, the son is back, restored to the position he always had. The father wants to cover you with his love, cover you with compassion, cover you with blessing, cover you with a cloak that says, I am a son and I am a daughter of God. I am not a servant. I am not a slave. I am not a foreigner. I'm family. And finally, to close, there's a part of scripture that I didn't read to us is that there's an older brother in the story as well. If you carry on to read in Luke chapter 15, our band can join us. It's cool. If these, are, if these sticks are in your way, just kick them off. There is um, an older brother in the story. And the older brother never left home, worked hard for the father. But you see, you can still be in the father's house without being close to the father because he was upset he wasn't father i've done all this for you and yet you kill a fattened calf for this kid who ran away squandered everything i'm not going to rejoice the father's like no please come in as the father went to the son who ran away the father went out to the brother who never left 
And for some of us, we can go, oh, that's cool. We are, we're, we're just waiting for the, the lost people to come back. Lostness is not about where you find yourself seated today. Lostness is where's your heart in comparison to the Father's heart for you. And so we can't go and say, look at this generation. Look how sinful they are. Look how bad they are. You know, they're so wrong. They're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And we're criticizing and rather than loving. Because the Father's heart for lost people is love and wanting people to return. And so my prayer today is that we would all go, how far is my heart from God today? And can I come back to be with the Father? Not just to be in His house. Yes, we want you in His house. He wants you in His house. His plan for you is to be here pretty much almost every week. To be in the life of the church, yes. But that your heart is His. That's the goal. And so I want to read a scripture to you as we close. In John 3.16. I should know it off by heart. Hey, it's like the, the Christian verse. It's so well known. Like you're not even a Christian, you know this verse. Some people have it tattooed on themselves and a living example of the verse. Tattoos are cool. Anyway, here we go. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. God doesn't want to condemn you today. He wants to receive you today. Judgment is coming. That's why repentance is necessary. But the heart of repentance is to draw you near. And God is holding back judgment so that everybody would turn to Christ. The invitation is the same for us all. And so this journey that we're going on as Revived Church is really to call people back to life. And to find life in the place that's really life. And that's Jesus. And in finding life, you will also be able to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Over the next few weeks, what we're going to be speaking on is we're going to speak on how to have peace and joy, how to experience hope, how to overcome anxiety, all of these important things that will help us with this expression of life. But if you have all of that, but not life in Christ, you actually have nothing. What God wants for you is eternal. And that's what we want for you as well. Wow, wasn't that just an encouraging message from our lead pastor, Swen? And we're so excited about the future. We're so excited about Revive Church and what God is going to be doing through it. And we're so glad that you were able to join us today. The best part about today is that it is really only the beginning. The best is truly yet to come. And we really hope that you've enjoyed today. We hope that you can see yourself uh, being a part of Revive Church, a part of what God is calling us to. And we want to connect you again uh, to head over to the website to find out uh, anything and everything that you need to know. Uh, what I want to do before we close the service today is just give you an opportunity to give. Um, if you are not a part of our church or you're just checking us out today, there is no obligation to give, but we've got such an amazing, generous church. We've seen God move through the giving of the church and we are so expectant for the future of the church. And we want to give anybody and everybody an opportunity to give today. Uh, the ways that you can give as our online family and community, you can head over to the website and 
and there is our ways to give and explains why we give the heart um, and what we believe God for with our giving. If you'd like to be a part of that today, head over to the website and you can see everything that you need to know there. Well, we really hope that it's been an enjoyable experience for you. We're so excited for the future. Again, if you'd like to join us in person, the services and the details are on the website, but it is 8.30, 10.15 and 5.30 right here at the Revive Church location at Sandown Square Business Park. We hope to see you in person at some point, uh, but we're so glad that you could join us online today. We trust it's been an amazing experience for you. We can't wait to see you same time, same place next week. God bless you.